following audio may contain language that is not suitable for a younger audience. The opinions expressed are solely those of the speakers involved. They may contain spoilers for current media and upcoming films, games, comics, and more. Grown Geeks makes no claim to ownership of the various media discussed. Listener discretion is advised. And we are live, ladies and gentlemen of Grown A Geeks. You got Majin Vegeta Brent as your host this evening. We have Sam on to my left. Under us, we have Will. We got the YouTube QR code on the bottom right. Facebook bottom left. Gentlemen, what do we have to discuss this evening? Well, we have a handful of topics. Uh, do first want to give a shout out. We have. Uh, Dawn and Lisa, two of our group members who posted some, they gave us a selection of items to choose from. They gave us some great ones and we went through, since they were the first two to give uh, multiple choices, give us some things to pick from, we decided we would pick a few of those. Um, so we're going to use that for our Member Monday content. Thank you so much for that. That will be posted up again at Grown A Geeks on Facebook. And this coming Monday, look for another member Monday question. Um, so we've got two questions that are going to come from there. And you had a suggestion for a um, geek Rushmore. And we, we kind of battled with this, went back and forth, had to really fight it out and try to figure out what was the right way to go about it. And ultimately, uh, I think we decided that we were just going to do for today, we were going to do voice actors and actresses for the like our four picks to go on the geek rushmore and we decided we would do with voice actors and actresses who make up our geek rushmore because i included actors and actresses from movies as well because i have my top four solidified already it won't really change based upon the genre so i felt like that would have been a challenging topic for all of us to really have to critically think about and on the topic of critical thinking Microsoft went ahead and bought Bethesda for a cool, what, $7.6 billion, I believe? Because, you know, Microsoft got, they got old money. Mm. They got old money and they can afford to do what they want to do. Except, you know what, I, I was about to really crack on them, but I think this is the beginning of them trying to, and Lisa, this is where you come in, so thanks for this one. Um, I think them acquiring Bethesda is them trying to get back into the actual console war. They were taking some major L's. They have, historically speaking, taken a lot of L's on the topic. And traditionally, their standalone games and their exclusives have been particular weak 
compared to what PlayStation has been running. So with the acquisition of Bethesda, with their Fallout, with their Elder Scrolls, their Dishonored, amongst other games, will definitely help their catalog along. Now, something I think is kind of important to point out, though, in fairness, Microsoft Studios, when, when you say exclusives and you talk about the first-party titles, the games that Microsoft had been putting out, they were holding, they were holding okay. So in terms of the like legitimate first-party exclusives, they were doing well. Sony, on the other hand, because they had already acquired all of these companies, their exclusive library is not necessarily the Sony library, but just companies that are owned by Sony and can distribute exclusive content under the Sony umbrella. So while Sony has definitely been ahead in the war, I do think that, you know, that's one of those, like as an Xbox fanboy, that's one of those things I'm going to throw out there and just be like, well, you know, like it ain't like Sony made all them games. Y'all just bought the bought the license so that it's a Sony game. So, Will, but do you have something to add down there on the Bethesda purchase? Well, well you got to remember when they bought Bethesda, they didn't just buy Bethesda. They bought Zenimax as a whole. There's a whole lot more that came with it than just Bethesda. Bethesda is just a big piece of it that has come along, stuff like that. Uh, Bethesda, I think that is definitely going to be something to help them uh, getting back into, again, the Western RPG genre, stuff like that. Like, a lot of that stuff is going to be uh, crucial for them to compete with Sony, which Sony is more, uh, you know, on the Eastern genre with a lot of the Final Fantasies and stuff like that. Uh, all the Tales games. It's like just there's a bunch of different things that come from that side of things versus, you know, here we're looking at you know Skyrim and Fallout and a few other games. So I'm just curious to see where this is gonna go and how far they're gonna take it with exclusivity, so that that and rights and licensing to other people. Because you gotta remember, like Microsoft already has to pay Sony for Blu-ray. That's already a thing. Yeah. So now it's, you know, shoot on the other foot. Let's see how it gets worn. Mm-hmm. So now it, it is, that is, that actually brings up another interesting point. And this was something that we may have discussed already, or some of you may have seen it. We were having a discussion. I don't know that everybody necessarily saw my comment when we talked about it, but um, somebody had actually pointed out the fact that Sony does own all of the licensing for Blu-ray. So if you use a Blu-ray disc, you giving them they they royalties right there. They're getting money just because you put it on a Blu-ray disc. So with the announcement of the pre-order available, con- well, I can't even say pre-order available because that whole debacle. But now that the consoles have been released for pre-order, um, I thought it was very interesting that Microsoft came back and you know the price points they were very comparable one for the other so it's like if you got the ps5 at 499 you got the xbox series x at 499 for the disc con you know disc version console but then the digital ps5 is 399 while the series s is just 299 once you get that digital 299 series s console i think that there are going to be a lot of those flying off the shelves simply because people are going to get into that mindset of like oh well you know they don't have a lot of games but i want the xbox let me go ahead and grab this i think that will become 
much, much more available. It'll be easier to produce those and the, it's got the right price point. So a lot of people are going to jump out and grab that. Then when you factor in Xbox Live and the Xbox Game Pass, all of a sudden you're talking about people having access to all of these game titles that they may not have gone for otherwise. But now that they need gaming content, they have this digital system, they've got the Game Pass, they just, you know, they keep their cloud saves. Because if you have Xbox Live, you automatically have cloud saving. So all of your cloud saves, that happens automatically. So you just install or uninstall the game as necessary when you want to play it. And boom, you've got that. When you talk about just from the Bethesda library, just some of the top titles that come to mind. You've got all of the Elder Scroll games, um, the entire Fallout series. You've got, uh, what was it, Doom Eternal, um, Wolfenstein, uh, Prey, which didn't do that great, but was actually a pretty good game, um, Evil Within, and Dishonored. Those are just like the very first ones that come to mind. And those are from Bethesda Softworks. That doesn't even get into like the other ones that they were in charge of. You know what I'm saying? Because then you start getting into um, like Rage was one of their games. Um, they've done all of the Wolfensteins. There was a game back in the day like Rogue Warrior. I mean, Bethesda, they've got a pretty bulky library. Scrolls and Fallout could carry them. And if that became exclusive, because the only thing that I heard from the purchase was that Microsoft will honor the first two games that were originally announced for both PS5 and Xbox Series X or Series S. They will honor those two, and then from there, it'll be a case by case basis. Yeah. So uh, with that, and it's going to be um, so. What is that uh, with? With those games and stuff like that, I think there is like a one-year exclusive period and stuff for those games. So with that, so with the one-year exclusive period, like that does a lot for them being able to, you know, really get going and see how they want to test the market, see if they want to kind of keep some stuff exclusive. Do they want to be able to branch out with Sony and be able to do things with Sony and stuff like that? Like, where's the agreement going to come into play? So that, like, what is Sony going to do? Like, what's the price point going to be to be able to give the gamers the true experience of being able to play an Elder Scrolls or a Fallout game for your PlayStation 5? Like, what will it cost? An arm? A leg? A both? That's what I want to know, and will Sony be willing to pony up to make that happen? I don't see Sony... I don't see them missing that opportunity. You talk about poning up like they've for for a little bit now. Sony Entertainment has been just that. They've been an entertainment company, and it started out back when you know. I'm saying if you go back to the the earlier stage of the console wars when we first had like some definitive movement there, the Xbox 360 and the PS3. The Xbox 360 was clearly a <clears throat> excuse me, a gaming console with some video applications. And the PS3 was a Blu-ray player that played video games. And I really feel like that was the way it 
it went. And so they kind of moved along and they chucked along and they finally got some games and some stuff came out. And, you know, it's like when I think back to the exclusives that were on PS3, nothing immediately comes to mind. Like what was a PS3 exclusive only available on PS3? I'm sure there's titles, but they just don't. Uh, there was a, a, a shooter, Kill Killzone. Yeah, I feel like it was Killzone. I feel like it's Killzone, and then Uncharted started with PS3. Okay, Uncharted. So, and and not to take anything away, because I mean, like you, you still have God of War. Like they've had their exclusives, so they've it's they've never fully lost a footing in the console race. Like that, don't take anything away from Sony in that regard. They started out, I think, more as an entertainment company, and they kind of branched off to make their PlayStation division a valuable market and when they got to ps4 ps4 was about games and i feel wholeheartedly that the ps4 was about games and at that point the xbox one was like hey you can control your cable box with your connect don't get me wrong cool ass feature i love being able to do it but now that we have things like alexa and google homes and stuff like that you know what i'm saying that automation capability like they don't even support the connect anymore like they don't they don't care about the connect anymore so it, it started off being an argument or you know like a valid tool and they just abandoned it so that kind of that kind of became where they got away from their focusing games and they started focusing on all this other capability and when they did that sony just swooped in and they bought this company bought that company bought that company and you know they bought those exclusive rights so i don't foresee the ps5 not ponying up giving the money to make sure that they keep those fans that they've earned happy by making sure they have access to those games. I sincerely hope so as well, because if I have to buy an Xbox Series S or Series X just so I can play Elder Scrolls 6, I'm going to be a little upset about it. But at the same time, I'm not going to say I'm not going to pony up and do it, because I'm sure there will be other games that will come along in their catalog the very first thing that comes to mind is don't worry, you'll be able to get Skyrim on your PS5. <laughs> Look, you can get Skyrim for basically like your toilet at this point. Like they you can will, play Skyrim anywhere. Skyrim for the PS5. <laughs> Digitally remastered for the PS5. Like fear not. Because wasn't it Jeff who was like, Yeah, I just got Skyrim for my toaster? And it's like, you know, that's basically what they have just driven that point you know home what? that you I, can keep I getting that like, game. I feel like that is the fault of gamers. Just like Grand Theft Auto V. That is the fault of gamers. If you keep buying the same game over and over, and all they have to do is... Grand Theft Auto has released more than a game's worth of content for GTA Online. Maybe and two you know games why? there. <laughs> because they, they are still selling that game brand new. You are still able to get Grand Theft Auto brand new, and it still costs... I think the lowest I've ever seen is like forty nine ninety nine. They are still getting top dollar for Grand Theft Auto Five, and it's just so people can play online. I would do it too. Digital. Fifteen dollars digital every four months. They put it on sale digital. Fifteen dollars, and then they like, bump it back up yeah. right afterwards. Yep. Because the word of mouth you know keeps carrying crazy? from one to people one to one. It, and you know how much money they're making on the microtransactions of like the Land Shark and the Great White and the the, the money. Criminal Enterprise Pack ten dollars. You know and, and, and for that. You know what? That goes into a whole sidebar because that can get into like how microtransactions can define gaming. Because the first thing that comes to mind is like Fortnite. You can get the game for free, but you're going to end up spending money. 
You're probably there's a I find it very hard to believe that anybody's going to get this free download, play for a while and just be content with playing the free version. At some point, you're going to want to change something, do this, do that. And you're like, ah, uh, you know what? It's a free game. You know what? I'll spend this four ninety nine. I'll spend that five ninety nine. I could put ten bucks in it when it's all said and done. You spend up to sixty dollars on Fortnite and you're still coming out even. Because Fortnite was one of the few free-to-play games where I was able to escape microtransactions, but I only played it consistently for like four months, six months. If I had gone longer, they would have started getting me in the microtransaction be like, well, I'm going to play this anyway, so why not? Like, It's just going to be one of I those mean, things honestly, like these exclusive skins. Months, if you have four months of gameplay and you haven't spent a dime on it, they deserve 10 bucks from you. <laughs> nah. <laughs> if it's free, it's free. I'm going to be yeah, cheap. Right. I can free be cheap. Play, free to play means free to play. I'm with you there. Because the only free to play game where I have like actually put an arm and a leg into is Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes for your phone. I have put in bucks Sorry. into that game here and there to uh, jump into that. <laughs> you know what? I, I am not exempt from having spent money on gaming. Um, I actually don't do much in the way of like Whenever I would get the gift cards or um, the Xbox Live cards or the PlayStation Cash, something like that, that's when I would buy DLC or upgrades or stuff like that. Destiny, I've purchased every upgrade that came for Destiny, every expansion that came out for Destiny I've gotten, so they got me there. Um, but as far as like the individual microtransactions, like I've never bought silver in the game, I've never bought an individual costume in the game. If it did not come with the expansion, I did not get it. But, but, Empires and Puzzles, a, a mobile game by Small Giant, they get four ninety nine from me every month because <laughs> that is my, that is where that is how I can get two builders and a dragon, which gives me extra coins and some upgrade materials and whatnot. So that is that is my gaming, that is like pretty much a subscription service for me because they get their four ninety nine. Because while we're off topic, Will, what is your mobile game of choice where you sink your pocket into? Which one? This the main one. Let's just go no, it, one. It, it, actually, it's just one. It's just one. Actually, honorable mention. I tried out Raid Shadow Legends, stuff like that. Not bad, but not my cup of tea. Uh, where I sink my my stuff into is Marvel Strike. But you know what else is not your cup of tea? Shout out. Thanks, Brianna. Love the mugs. Go ahead. Uh, Marvel Strike Force. You guys know I'm a Marvel person and stuff like that. And it's one of the games that um, yeah. is, is free to play and stuff like that. And again, it's, it's, a, it's a fun game. I love it. It's a strategy battle game. But the thing is, like as time goes on, you know, they get you those little $1.99s stuff like that. And it's something like you're this close to getting the character to the next rank. It's like that. Oh, here's 50 shards for $1.99. Once you do that one time... It's addictive after that. <laughs> Once you give in one time, they got you. It's a wrap. Yeah. While we're on free to play. already off tangent, let's bring it back home. I'm with you. All right, all right, all right. All right. So, so, as far as um, the console wars, pre-orders, who had issues, who had it good, who did it better? <laughs> if we're going to have to nitpick for this one. They both sucked, <laughs> and shame on them for not being better organized on their own rollouts. Um, I had it good, uh, as far as I goes. Uh, don't get me wrong, it was still crap. It was still, uh, 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 it was, 
in, in well, terms, how many consoles did you purchase is what i want to know i've got one ps5 disc one ps5 digital one xbox series x one xbox series s someone better so be happy for christmas one of each coming out so when we get ready to do our unboxing and console review We'll be waiting on Will. It'll we'll be, be just Will. One of them that has everything to do a side by side. No, because without Will's help, I would not have been able to get a PS5. And I was like, "Dude, send me a link. Send me a link. Send me a link in the chat." And then he posted the link. I was able to I get it. Transaction say, went through. I got it. I'm done. Number, look, real talk. We had a number of group members that were able to get get their consoles through the links that were posted in our group grown a geeks on facebook so if you're not a member you need to jump in and be a member stuff like that is is what happens and i mean not only did he get his but he was making sure i got a phone call and was like hey they're live and i was like what what are you talking about he was like they're live oh okay cool immediately go in now admittedly i for one i will be 100 honest i am going to wait i am consciously making the decision to wait until January. Sorry, I didn't understand. Just stop listening. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Damn FBI. My FBI agent, like, he, he heard me. He's like, you're waiting until January. Wait, no, I want to play. He's upset like, with you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He was going to sit out front and watch me and play. But, okay, but no, I'm I'm honestly going to wait till after the Christmas rush, wait for the next, for the second rollout that's going to come, you know, January, February, sometime around that. Um, by then, we will have seen all of the kinks, all of the bugs, all the hardware issues <clears throat> should be addressed at that point. And any major console updates that are required, Will will let me know everything I need to do. So when I get mine at the beginning of the year, I'll know exactly what I'm getting into and which way I want to go. And I don't think it will be quite as, diff- quite as difficult to get it first of the year. It won't be as difficult to get it at the beginning of the year as it's going to be the remainder of this year. Because the holiday season's coming up, the orders are going to be in, and everyone's going to be jumping ship because everyone I've talked to other than within the group, they're waiting. They're doing the exact same thing you're doing. You are in the popular wavelength. Um, It's just I can't go without it. It, Once the new system's launched, I'm like, I want to see it. I want to work out the bugs. I want to figure out what I like, what I don't like, work from there. And then if I find one with, like, a nice skin... Then I might get something else going on moving forward. Oh, I mean, you got to play it by ear and what, whatever's best for you. And I've been telling people so that, like, the main reason that, you know, again, I primarily play PlayStation. I was on Xbox Sport. Is I go to wherever console that's my primary console based off of the catalog. So again, it's been Xbox pretty much leading all the way up to PS4, and then PS4 to now to that. And right now, I'm still leaning towards PS5. But I, I transitioned from Xbox One to PS5. I mean, two PS4 at, in the midst. Um, you know, when I made the switch, it was official on Destiny 2. Because you when switched Destiny over to play released, with friends, correct? When, when Destiny 2 released, I did not. I actually had Destiny, Destiny 1. I had Destiny 1 on Xbox One. I got a second copy for my PS4. My biggest complaint was having to redo everything that I had done on my Xbox on my PS4. So when Destiny 2 came out, as I was finding that none of the people that I was playing with on Xbox, with the exception of Will, were were available to play online with, I just went ahead and invested in getting Destiny 2 for my PS4. 
and as a result have subsequently made all of my remaining multiplayer purchases for the PS4. I still buy most of my single player campaign titles on my Xbox. Because if you like Destiny 2 and you like the three of us, you should check out our Destiny videos on our YouTube page, Grown A Geeks, QR code bottom right, just scan it, pop on over, take a little look-see. We have videos for you on Destiny 2 already uploaded. We have some Destiny 2. We, I think I've, there's even some Destiny 1 on there. There's some Bloodborne and some uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. There's, there's, a, there's about 20, 30 game videos. I know there's uh, four honors on there. Like There's, there's, there's some gaming videos. We're going to get some more gaming videos out there, but... One, one last little point I want to just throw in as far as, as far as a console war, and it's kind of a transition here as well. Um, one of the other reasons that I'm holding off on making the change is once I switch, I am 99% done with my previous console. I am not personally, I'm not the one to be so engrossed in backwards compatibility or all, older content. Once I like when I switched from my 360 to my Xbox One, I, I did not play my 360 any longer. I now play my Xbox One. Now, when I get sometimes those games with gold and stuff like that, and some of those titles have been Xbox 360 titles, sure, I'll grab those and I'll play that. I might pop one in a time or two like that. And even with the PS4, you know what I'm saying? Some of the titles that they have are clearly slightly older titles and you get like the greatest hits or something like that. Um, the uncharted collection, things like that. So there are some titles that do warrant, but I'm also not the kind of person I don't necessarily need to play a game 10 times. If I've beaten the game, if there's not 10 different endings for that game, if there's not 10 different choices I can make for that game, I kind of have an idea of what's going to happen. And that, that just takes something away from it. Backwards compatibility is not a major selling point for me. And so when I get that new console, I need to have a library of games to play. And I need to be finished with the game. Like my backlog is pretty big. So I gotta I gotta kind of get on it. Well, now we're talking about this yesterday. It's like I don't I can't buy any more games really. There's only like one more game that I can afford to get this year if I plan on beating anything before the year is out. Because once Cyberpunk hits, that's it. <laughs> like if it didn't get beat this year it may not get beat and i'm feeling kind of bad because it's like you know what i got borderlands 3 i ain't beat that i ain't beat it i have fun playing it i enjoy playing it when i get on to play it but there are other games for me to play so you know like avengers came out i'm playing avengers destiny 2 came you know when they came out with another release i, I jumped on that once i move up to this Series S or Series X, if I'm available, or PS5. That's it. I will retire the Xbox One. I'll I'll probably keep it plugged up just because it does control my Direct TV, and <laughs> I I like that feature. Um, but, but while yeah. while we're on the topic of upcoming, we'll grab a question from our member Mondays. What upcoming titles have you interested, Will? Let me tell you about this one game called Spider-Man. It's Spider-Man Miles Morales. I'm really excited that they decided to bring this forward with that and kind of carry on with it. Um, the Spider-Man for PS4 was absolutely fantastic. Like I said, 
with the way the gameplay flowed and stuff like that. I love the, you know, the original ideas they did on the character, the suit and stuff like that, the various options and stuff you had, and even the DLC content that came along after the fact so that it was all good content. It was all worthy of what it was meant to be, like good lengths and so they had good character arcs for that. I enjoyed it. Now, Miles Morales is a, seems like a continuation of that story. I don't know how it connects exactly, but it's going to be looking really good. The problem for me comes in is they're doing a remaster of the Spider-Man. So updated graphics and stuff like that is going to be looking real good and stuff like that. There's some new suits and stuff like that. The remaster is only going to be on PS5. I'm good with that. It's not going to be on PS4. Now, here's the kicker. The only way that you can get the remaster is by repurchasing Spider-Man. That is the only way that you can get the remaster. So, here's how it works. If you get Miles Morales for your PS4, so that you can play it, and you play with all your content, all of this, everything you've already done in Spider-Man is great. If you get Miles Morales for the PS5, then what you can do is you can play Miles Morales, but you can't play Spider-Man. You cannot play your Spider-Man. You would have to pay an upgrade fee of $20 to get the remastered version of Spider-Man. This is the Miles Morales Ultimate Edition that they're also selling separately to be able to play that. So that's the only way you'll be able to play. And then here's the thing is, your save from PS4... It won't carry over. ...will not carry over to PS5. So you'll be playing the entire game from start to finish all over again on PS5. Now, is that a deal breaker for a lot of people? For some it is. For me, because I enjoyed the game and stuff like that, I'm willing to give it another run through and stuff like that because I definitely enjoyed it. I will play it again so that just to see how it carries on into Miles Morales so that. But I'm not happy about having to pay again for a game that I've already paid for. So basically what you're saying is beat Spider-Man on PS4, the original, and then I'll just buy Miles Morales for PS5, call it good. Because both are great games, but I'm not going to pony up 20 different bucks just so I can do the same exact things I did before. Yeah, you for the very next you, system. You can do the same exact things before in HDR, high def, 12, what was it, 1200 frames and like completely remastered on the PS5. <laughs> I don't care about graphics. Give me a good gameplay. Give me a good story. Graphics are nice, but they're not what makes a good game for me. It's not, you're not going to sell me on that. All right, Sam, what are your titles moving forward that you're looking forward to? Cyberpunk! That is, without a doubt, even without Keanu Reeves, just the idea or the concept of being able to go to a neo-futuristic world, cybernetic enhancements, from what I've seen, excellent upgrade options, the customization. I've loved every Mass Effect, every Dragon Age, Every one of the uh, like Kotar, like Jade Empire, Fable, I like the I like action RPGs. I love action RPGs, and everything that you're going to be able to do 
outside of like the the customization of the character because uh when it's all said and done i only need to customize so much give me an intriguing storyline give me some choices to make let my choices carry some weight let things change based on what i do it's those types of things that i'm intrigued about and from what i see the open-ended choice system that exists in cyberpunk looks like it's going to be phenomenal in addition fable there's another fable i almost don't care what they do with it it's called fable i can't wait for it from that, that's that's very short sweet to the point that's what i'm waiting for fable and cyberpunk for me there's only three titles that jump to mind uh will already hopped on it with the miles morales i'm i'm hyped about that that'll be my probably one of my first ps5 purchases to go with it i'm looking forward to assassin's creed valhalla i'm a huge fan of vikings and viking culture in general so adding that to some historical reference while in assassin's creed i'm willing to go through assassin's creed's had a couple blunders I will say that. I'm not going to say it's a perfect franchise as a whole, obviously. But adding that particular twist to it, I feel will interest me because I've been popping in and out of Assassin's Creed based upon, oh, I like this part of history, or oh, I like that part of history, and kind of nitpicking my way through. So Valhalla interests me. I like the fact that you can be either a guy or a girl, and they picked an actually historical, accurate main character. So that was, I thought that was a nice touch. Doesn't that also include the ability to change? It doesn't change the story, but you can change your character's gender anytime. Don't matter. See, I feel like that could be something that they should if they don't incorporate into gameplay. I think, um, and just to just to give like a a visual context for that, um, for those of you who saw Game of Thrones, the big redhead Viking dude. And the shorter redhead girl that was in love with Jon Snow. Who married Jon Snow. Being able to switch between those two characters could have direct impact on what happens in the story. For example, given that you are still playing an assassin, um, you might be able to better lure someone close if you don't look like the big guy. You can maybe get them to come around this bend and not be seen and take them out out of the visibility of others. And then you if you come in as the big guy, maybe you can intimidate and get this, you know, get the stunned attack or something like that. I just that's something that I would like to see them incorporate with the ability to change that because it will affect it's like games where you have the option to either be stealthy or go in guns blazing. Again, guns like blazing options, is exciting. <laughs> I like options, and so like having those options is is kind of key. Because uh, the only thing I'll boohoo the Assassin's Creed franchise on is they they said a couple months ago that they couldn't have a female lead who was believable for the audience. With how far we've advanced in gaming, to be able to say we can't do this, it's a weak cop out. Because I don't care if my lead's a male or a female, as long as the story's good and the gameplay's fluid, we good. I don't necessarily um, have to put no, my mind they, out they, there as the protagonist. I mean, that really comes as a as a crappy cop out because uh, well, what's the what's the electric dinosaur game? Um, electric dinosaur game. 
The one that oh, you've been playing? Oh, the robot dinosaurs. You're the girl, the redhead. What's... Oh, Horizon. Yeah. Horizon. Horizon Zero Dawn. <laughs> invalidates the argument that you can't have a strong and successful female character because that's a fantastic game. Because, like, Tomb Raider also jumps immediately to mind. Like, Laura Croft, really? You're just going to be like, we can't have a phenomenal female lead. And she's been <laughs> around since the, the beginning. Laura Croft's like, hold on, hold my beer. You and then Samus Aran for Nintendo, like, really? Look, here's what needs to happen with this and with that. And I understand trying to, you know, make things you know inclusive in a way and so like that and make sure people have choice so like that if you want to make anything neutral and so like that make the, the the story linear towards neutral characters so like that so it doesn't matter the, the dialogue can go either way for a male or female and stuff like that if you want to do that and then make it so that you can select your character in the game kind of like they did with odyssey and so like that but with odyssey they had a little backlash because you know, you got extra scenes for the male that you didn't get for the female or something in that case. Like, you had more so that. Like, don't do none of that. Let the people pick the male or the female character, whatever they want to do, so that, and go. It's as simple as that. If you want to keep the character generic and stuff like that, I don't care. But I don't like the, the swapping back and forth and stuff like that in mid-gameplay and stuff like that. Because to me, I, I'm about immersion. I like to be immersed in what's going on. I got ties to the character. Like, I feel... What the characters want through. It doesn't matter if it's a male or female, because everybody knows me primarily. I'll play with a female character. So that I like to play with a female character because, again, whatever games I'm playing and stuff like that, I got strong women that I look up to, i.e., my sister and stuff like that. So I've always had a strong dominance for, you know, females, you know, just doing their thing and, you know, being awesome at it. So let that be the case. So that let people pick whatever they want to be. And that's why Mass Effect is one of the greatest games that I've ever played. You pick whatever you want to be. You customize yourself how you want to be, and then they just let you go. Like do what you do, and that's why I think Cyberpunk is going to be amazing for that because you're going to have that option to do whatever it is that you want to do to your character, and then set them around the world. And Assassin's Creed, like as much as I do want to play Assassin's Creed, and I want to get into something like that, I'm probably going to wait on this one. That's fair to wait for the reaction of everybody, see what they like, go from there. I'm just not even why I'm waiting, to be honest. In six months, it's going to go on sale. Every Everybody's on the cheap now. <laughs> six months, it's going to go on sale. I've got Odyssey. I've got, you know, freaking Origins or that for anywhere between 5 and $15 for, like, the Ultimate Edition. Like. All right. While we're off topic, I'll just list my last one, and we'll wrap that up, head into the Mount Rushmore. The last game that I'm looking forward to is Elder Scrolls. Because you got Oblivion, now hooked back up with Bethesda, back when the uh, Elder Scrolls was at its pinnacle, according to most fans. So putting those two studios back in the same room together for the next Elder Scrolls is something that I am absolutely into. I'm willing to buy a new system just so I can play this next Elder Scrolls. That's how invested I am. So Sony, please pony up the money so I can save some money. That's all I'm going to say about it. We're going to jump into our Mount Rushmore of Geeks. I'm going to suggest we take it one at a time. We'll start with Sam. Jump to me. Jump to Will. Work our way around. Get our top four in, out, bing, bang, boom. You can list what they've been in, what you appreciated about them, etc. Let's just try and keep it semi-tight so we don't go crazy far off tangent, which I know we I have a you. proclivity to um, do. 
I, it's almost like in no particular order. I just feel like that's the kind of thing that needs to be said because I don't want to put any any individual person over another just in terms of their contribution and what they have or have not done. Um, but for me, and this is probably going to be on everyone's list, and let me just say that if you pull something from my list, I may just mention something they did that stuck out for me, but comment that they're on my list. I'm not going to revise it. I had a hard enough time making these four. So <laughs> you're welcome. This will not be like our top five series where we're trying to outdo one another. This is just because this is the Rushmore. Um, Nolan North. I think it goes without saying you cannot talk about voice acting, especially in terms of geek content without discussing Nolan North. Um, he is without a doubt one of the most noticeable voice actors. Um, for those of you who are unaware, um, he's the voice of Nathan Drake. Uncharted. And Nolan North is, he's, he's done a ton, a ton of things. Like if you go to his IMDB page, like the man is in it feels like he's in everything, although that's not accurate, but he's just in so much that when you hear his voice, you know it's him, even though you don't know it's him. Um, but anybody that sounds like Nathan Drake, that is Nolan North. Um, hmm. Solid pick. Like Nathan Drake's perhaps the biggest single name that I can give that you can be like, oh, yeah, him. Okay. Tony um, Stark. Hmm. All right, I will. Yeah, yeah, we did. We did look that up. That's right, because we were trying to figure it out. Like, but um, and he's actually he's Iron Man in the Avengers Marvel game. Because um, he was the voice of Deadpool and all of the uh, other Marvel oh, content. I was like, why do I know that voice? All oh, right, that's freaking Deadpool's Iron Man. So he's he's there. He's he's out there. Um, Nolan North. Nolan I mean, North. Is, he is. He is a a geek he is a king of geek continent you know what i'm saying like there's a lot of them out there he's he's one of those kings all right for me i'm gonna start off my list with mark hamill i could not exclude him uh he was an avatar the last airbender he was the joker and the batman video games the batman tv series he's one of the best voice actors for joker period specifically the Batman animated series. And he was obviously Luke Skywalker in Star Wars, and then he also had uh, some appearing roles in The Flash as well. So Mark Hamill will be on my Mount Rushmore. Will, who you got? No question. No question. Like, that is that's definitely a good pick. Will, give us one. Frank Welker. Ooh. Yes. Yes, that is that is literally as they say, that is my childhood. A, a man who is still working currently to this day has over eight hundred and fifty credits to his name. From everything from Scooby Doo to Shockwave and Transformers to horror and the page master, like again, this this man was my entire childhood growing up. So. All right. So strong pick there. Sam, you look like you want to list off some of his other credits. 
I am. I'm trying to. Um, I don't want to list off another credit. I wanted to verify something, and I will verify it later. Um, <clears throat> it's funny you went with Frank Welker because another one on my list kind of falls in that line as far as being a part of my childhood. Mel Blanc. I knew he was coming. You cannot talk like literally he is Looney Tunes. He is Looney Tunes. And I'm sure people have heard me say many times before, Looney Tunes is without a doubt, like if I found myself stranded on an island and could only watch like one thing, I would pick Looney Tunes. Like, let me just be able to turn on Looney Tunes and if it can just rotate through Looney Tunes, I'm good. I'm good. Like, without a doubt, my favorite cartoon so Mel Blanc does he he provided the voice for just about every character <laughs> and you know in addition to that like he is he is like one of the first mm, I, you know what let me not say that as it's you know but he is one of the most prominent voice actors ever I will say that I don't know that I don't know this actor say so he's one of the first but he is known as the man of a thousand voices. And if you name a character from that time period, he probably, he was 1908 to 1989. He had 60 years of voice acting. He probably did a voice for him. So okay. that is, that is. I'm throwing out no the question. heavy hitters. For my number two, I'm going to go with the late Christopher Lee. He was Count Dooku. He was Saruman. He was a James Bond villain. The man has credits all over the place. And he started a death metal band in his 70s on top of everything that he was already doing. Christopher Lee was one of the more iconic Bond villains for me. Uh, he played Count Dooku amazingly in Star Wars. He fulfilled Saruman's role all the way through Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit as well. I loved everything I saw Christopher Lee in. Yeah, I don't think there's anything bad associated with Christopher Lee. Like, it, it's better just with his involvement. So, <laughs> no question. Good pick there. Will, who you got? Uh, I will have to go with Billy West. Right. I had West. one person beat out Billy West on my on, on my list. I had one person beat out Billy West. All right, uh, I, I like Billy West again. This is and this is for me and me alone. So I can't speak for the entire geek community. So that, but uh, I remember his voice in so many things. So that growing up, so that one of my favorite shows of all time, Futurama, it's all up and through there. That. Uh, you remember Ren and Stimpy and stuff like that. You start bouncing around, so that like he's been in a lot of things that really speak to my childhood. And granted, you know I was kind of a closed shell growing up, so that so I didn't get a lot of exposure to a lot of the things that I have now. That but he's someone I definitely remember. Hmm. All right, Sam, who you got at your third for Rushmore? Probably the real life best friend of Billy West, and the only the 
only voice to beat him out, John DiMaggio. I was at a toss-up between the two, and I figured you know what? Another one. Only because we talked about it once before, yep. and I picked John DiMaggio and you picked Billy West. I was hoping, and yes, John DiMaggio. So he picked Fry, I picked Bender. That's what that means for those who who don't know. But um, John DiMaggio, and and the thing that really stuck out for me, and I just want to point this out. We had a discussion, and I almost hate that he's not here because I, I kind of want him to be a part of this conversation just because um, when everybody talks about all these great jokers, there's a Batman animated movie called Under the Red Hood. The Joker from Under the Red Hood was John DiMaggio. The guy who plays Bender played Joker in Under the Red Hood. And that is without a doubt, one of my favorite portrayals of the Joker. I put it right up there with, you know what? I think I like that Joker. I, I can't even, I don't want to get into that part right now, but he is, that was a phenomenal performance. John DiMaggio has a ton of credits to his name as well. Um, you would know him again from Futurama, Chowder, um, Kim Possible, Adventure Time, just tons and tons of shows. And he's got a very distinctive voice. So you kind of know when it's his voice, just like Billy West. You kind of know when it's Billy West. Um, Nolan North, you kind of know that it's Nolan North, but they have this distinct sound, but they still give range to their characters and it doesn't feel like it's the same character because there's enough differences in the voice. And Christopher Lee was one of those people that his voice was so iconic. You wanted that voice. You wanted it to be the same person because that guy over there was a badass. That guy over there was a badass. They're both Christopher Lee. So but yeah, John DiMaggio is my pick. And my third would have been Nolan North, but in the spirit of doing alternates, I had, it's kind of a two-for-one here. I'm going with Hanna-Barbera Productions, the production company that provided you with Tom and Jerry, the Huckleberry Hound Show, Flintstones, Yogi Bear, Jetsons, Wacky Races, Scooby-Doo, and Scooby-Doo, Where Are You?, and the Smurfs. Look through the voice cast. You know who you're going to find in a lot of those? DiMaggio. Mel Blanc. <laughs> Mel Blanc. And the person I'm going to name next. <laughs> but Hanna-Barbera Productions was literally my childhood all the way through. There was, like, everything I just listed, like, I have watched all the way through as much as one adult should watch a cartoon all the way through. So. Hey, I, I specifically requested to get Boom so I can watch my Looney Tunes. I have DVR'd Looney Tunes. So there is no as much as one should. There's not enough. <laughs> All right, Will, who you got at number three? At number three, I have the great June Foray. Okay. Only female voice actor that has a star on the Walk of Fame. She has been around for so long and so many things from, you know, the Flintstones, Rocky and Bullwinkle, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, you know, 
she's the grandmother from Sylvester and Tweety. And so that like she's been around up and through everything and she was the standard for how voice acting was to be done for a long period of time. So she that, that that's one right there. Like I can't give her any more credit. She is Yeah. Yeah, she definitely could be Yeah. Wow, that's a that's a that's a dandy of a pick. <laughs> God. All right. Yeah. Um, okay. Who you got rounding out Mount Rushmore? Your number four. For me, I too picked a female, and I picked one that I think deserves a lot more credit. Um, and not to get super super political with this, but she voiced for a very specific generation. The one, the only, Cree Summer. Number five herself. Cree Summer has been the little black girl in everything forever. And surprisingly enough, it is just as important to point out that Cree Summer has been the voice actress in stuff for just as long. She wasn't relegated to just being the little black girls in, in shows. And that was that was kind of what made it stand out for me. And I think that's why she deserves her spot. Um, while she is, I mean, she was an established actress to begin with. And then she kind of transitioned into voice acting and whatnot. But like, for example, Inspector Gadgets, was it what is was it his granddaughter or his daughter or niece or what? Oh yeah, uh, Penny. Yeah, Penny. Penny. Penny from Inspector Gadget is Cree Summer. So it's important to point out for those who would want to try to turn it into something different. She is known for her voice work. She has a very distinctive, raspy, bassy kind of voice for a female. And me personally, I think it's actually a little sexy, but we ain't gonna get into that because it's too early. We ain't a gag after dark. But Cree Summer is, she has done so much in terms of voice acting. Um, some of it hilarious. <laughs> um, what was the um, Atlantis by, by the, uh, was that DreamWorks, I think? Um, Atlantis was Disney. Was Atlantis Disney? Atlantis was Disney. Okay. They're so, talking about doing a remake because, you know, Disney. Okay, so Atlantis, the Lost Empire, she she did that. Uh, she was on Rugrats, of course. She was Susie on Rugrats. She did Drawn Together. She was, she was Foxy on Drawn Together. Um, I mean, there's just, there's, that list is really big. And um, she was on Animaniacs. She was on Batman Beyond. Uh, Mummies Alive, Drawn Together. She was a busy woman. <sighs> Name a title, she was in it. Probably. Probably. She she has done a lot of work. She is... Uh, yeah. Yeah, she's well known. One very, very talented woman. So that rounds out your Mount Rushmore. Do you want to list them off real quick? Um, for me, that was 
Nolan North, Mel Blanc, Cree Summer, and John DiMaggio. Those are my four. Um, I did have David Hayter as an alternate, just in case anybody picked one that I had. I was hopeful that I would be good. I, I thought Mel Blanc would keep me safe. Um, and of course, I would have had, uh, if, if Will had picked John DiMaggio, then I would have picked Billy West. So those are my, those are my two alternates. All right. I will list my final one for my Mount Rushmore. And it's Carl Urban. Aylmer for Lord of the Rings. He's in The Boys, which I just got into. Absolutely love that show. I cannot recommend enough for those who were like me or on the fence about it. Get into it. It's gory for reasons. It makes sense, though. He was also within Thor Ragnarok. He covered Star Trek. He was in Doom. He was also in Judge Dredd. I mean, the man has been through several different spectrums of geek, and he's had great roles in everything he's been in. There's not one movie where I was like, eh. Just wherever I see Carl Urban, I'm at least curious enough to peek my head in. Because the whole reason I got into The Boys it was because Carl Urban was in it. He was the only actor I'm like, I actually know who this dude is. So for my Mount Rushmore, I had Mark Hamill, Carl Urban, you took Nolan, Nolan North, but that's a solid pick. No one's knocking that. I had Christopher Lee, and my only alternate I had, because I was pretty confident going into this, was the uh, Hanna-Barbera Productions. Will, who you got? Uh, my last one's with that. Freaking, you know, I was going back and forth trying to figure stuff out. Uh, and, again, he came up over and over for me and stuff like that. Keith David. Keith David has been in a lot of things like that, and his voice is like I, I can't remember. His voice is freaking like when I hear his voice of it, like it, take this how you want to. The man's voice is the gold. Like it, it, when you hear it, it's like that. It's just like I want to, you know, get into my chair, get comfortable, and just listen to what the fuck he's got to say. And so like that, he's played Goliath in the Gargoyles. And like that, he's played freaking as the narrated Princess Mononoke. He's been. Uh, Sarge and freaking in Halo, so like that freaking Captain Anderson and Mass Effect, so like that he's transitioned on on screen and done on screen. Like there's been so much that he's done, so like that. And again, he, I, I couldn't think of anybody else more deserving to take this spot. And especially you know for him being um, able to cross from not only live action to you know uh, TVs, you know shows, animated, so like that, and then also video games, so like that. Freaking, he's been all through the gambit, and he's definitely deserved. So your Mount Rushmore would consist of Frank Welker, Billy West, June Foray, and Keith David. Very, I'm very solid with, list. I'm, I'm, I'm good with that list. I feel like we did the task, and we did it well. I'm curious to see what the other Grona Geek admins would have come up with. So I feel like at some point in time, we'll have to pose the question to them. See how that goes. I feel like those of you who are watching, you need to put your response in the comments. Tell us what you think. Um, these were our four, but who are your four? And we're going to put the focus on voice actors. Um, however, Brent kind of opened it up there with Carl, Carl Urban. Christopher Lee as well. 
but see, Christopher Lee actually did a good bit of voice work. I, I'll say that. Like, I would have accepted Christopher Lee on the voice work because he's done a good bit of voice work. I would have to kind of research to find out what what Carl Urban has done in terms of voice work. I can imagine he's done some at this point, but yeah, you know, a lot of times when people talk about who would you want to narrate your life, Keith David makes that list. Keith David, you know what I'm saying? Keith like if David, Sam Jackson, Jackson, Jackson is taken, Morgan Freeman. Is that right? If Sam Jackson and Morgan Freeman are taken, you take Keith David. Yeah, like there's the only four people that I think could voice my, my life accurately. That and I'm, I'm going to say uh, the Allstate guy. <laughs> <laughs> Dennis Habert. The Allstate guy, and but I don't know if he's done a lot of voice acting. Um, he's got he's another one who's got a very distinctive voice. You know, someone who um, there's there's two people that I just want to throw out real quick, just while we're talking about Brent. What's our time looking like? Are we good? Can I? We are literally just at the one hour mark right now. Okay. Well, I mean, honestly, we've I feel like we've covered a good bit of topics at this point. I'm just you know what? Let me take my notes. I'm gonna toss them aside. Y'all know how I like to do. I'm gonna get comfortable. Let me pull this microphone up. Um, yeah, so I think like some of the voice actors, you know, like, like I said, one of my alternates was David Hayter and he was Solid Snake. He was the voice of Solid Snake and the man has been a writer. He's done a lot of good stuff. Uh, Steve Bloom really deserved a spot on the list. And I think if we had had more people, he would have made the cut. Um, there have been a lot of iconic voices over the years. So to try to only have to choose four to go in the Rushmore, I felt like they really needed to stand out and be set apart distinctively for one thing or another. And oftentimes um, people confuse. Um, oh, God, I'm, I just drew a blank. Uh, not that. OK, Nolan North is the voice actor. But everybody always wants it to be what's the live actor? Um, Who they think he is? But... Right, the guy from Firefly. Um, uh, I, didn't I don't know his name. I didn't watch the show either. Oh my god! You guys, <laughs> you're on your own with that one. You are in left field. Give me a second. Give me a second. It literally takes two seconds. Um, so I wanted to say Tom Holland, Nathan and then I'm like, no, no, no. Fillion. Nathan Fillion. Nathan, Nathan Fillion. Okay. Excuse me, listeners. Sorry, viewers. My bad. I had a brain fart because I was going on my tangent. He does and that. And see this, see this wonderful mug made by Nitro Cup of Tea Productions? Which, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to throw it out here because you said we just hit the one hour mark. We just hit the one hour mark. Okay. You know what, Will? Give me a, give me a, I need a code word. What's the code word? <laughs> uh... Hmm. Keep it geeky. Keep it geeky? Keep it geeky. All right, doomsday. All right. So the code word for your very own Grown A Geeks mug is doomsday. Do not post in group. Message one of the admins. My only requirement is that you are subscribed to the YouTube page. The first person to send a message to one of the admins using the code word doomsday we'll get your very own grown a geeks mug it probably work better if it's one of the advents in this video as for the rest of them have not seen it yet <laughs> ideally you know what we're just going to make that the stipulation then you have brent here i'm sam that's will you've got the qr codes to both like and subscribe and join the group
get a message to us and the first person to hit one of us with the secret word doomsday gets their very own grown a geeks mug and moving forward the group will be doing more of these giveaways but there will be certain stipulations attached to them moving forward just so you guys are aware liking and subscribing is a minimum requirement that is a minimum subscribing you don't necessarily have to like the video we appreciate the likes but you have to be subscribed um but nonetheless it's you know nathan fillion is another one of those people who just really has the longevity um for those of you who play destiny peter dinklage did the voice nathan fillion was Kane. that is the type of impact that this person you know that these people have steve bloom was wolverine and so much stuff and you know he's got one of those really distinctive voices so i mean when you really talk about voice acting because the medium allows you to move around the way that it does it was really difficult to try to narrow it down to just four people and um michael ironside michael irons i mean there's just dude there are so many Oh, and so you know what? This is the appropriate time. I was trying to think when you picked Frank Welker, um, it was one of those things where it's like, I Dude. bet it's like one of the first things that come up. Peter Cullen. Who has played Optimus Prime as well as Winnie the Pooh. Like, <laughs> you got to How do you go that? from that end to that end. I mean, it's amazing. Okay. But when you said, and the reason it made me think of that was um, Frank Welker was Megatron. And Starscream and the new ones. So just that, you know, that connection. And, and that's the thing. A lot of times, I almost feel like if you get a job as a voice actor, it is your responsibility to get the other voice actors hired. You know what I'm saying? Like, make sure they have work. Um, H. John Benjamin, for me, that is the voice of Archer, that is the voice of Bob from Bob's Burgers, that is the voice from Coach on Home Movies, another one of those people with a very distinct voice. Tara and, Strong. And his, his pace, Tara Strong, yes, oh my God. Tara Strong is like, she is, dude, we could really like sit here and go in, because I didn't even mention that's why it's top four. You have to make the cut. You got to you know be the best of the best Chris in Lamar, our minds. Seth MacFarlane, Phil Lamar, Rob Paulson. Like, we can go on. There are so many names out there. You know what? To this day, Rob Paulson, I love watching the video of Yakko doing the states or doing the countries. Mm. He does the country. Yeah, I'll still watch all of it. Stay I mean, but with the there. people that you both are keeping it strictly to a top four list was necessary for time constraints. It kept the video. And that's why. Concise. That's why I made sure that we had hour in. Take a finger. I'm thinking of right? Which one do you know that? <laughs> one through five. Which one do you think is for you? I bet it ain't one and two, and I bet it ain't four or five. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably number three. Read between the lines. Gonna be one of those moments. I mean, honestly, though, like you know, voice acting is one of those things, and and you know, there's there's a couple of people that I know that 
deserve a little bit of credit for what they've done in terms of uh, voice acting. He he pops his head in and out of the group from time to time. And, you know, I'm not super, super, well, I'm big on giving shout outs for those that contribute to a certain degree. Um, and he is, he is a part of a lot of the conversations that we have, but um, we've actually got a group member um, who does, he does his own bit of voice acting, and let me see if I can find it real quick because I don't want to call his name wrong. But um, it is the iconic freak. I still can't freaking get you know Kevin Conroy. But all I think about him is Batman. I can't. <laughs> like he is the Batman. Like nobody's Batman is better than his to me. No, you can't have that debate. It's just Kevin Conroy and then Kevin Conroy followed by Kevin Conroy. Kevin Conroy would be the top five. Just spell that in K-E-V-I-N. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. Because, like, Joker, you can debate all day long versus voice actor versus actor portrayal, you know, live action, all that. That one could be dicey, but you say Batman, Kevin Conroy. Why would you even argue anything else? You, you come up with the group member name, Sam? Wesley Griffin. He Wesley does pop Griffin in from time does, to time. He does voiceovers. Um, think of like movie trailer guy. He, he does a lot of like trailer work and stuff like that. And he's actually got a YouTube channel. And it, it, he's got a very distinctive voice and he does great voiceover. And at some point, I'm going to see if I can get him to do like maybe read our disclaimer. I love your disclaimer read. I like the pacing. I like the way you do it. It's it's humorous. I want to get him to do mine because I don't have that same ability to read it that way. I can ramble and talk, but the way he has that, the way you actually have that enunciation at the beginning, you have a very distinctive voice. And I think you would be a great voice actor. You know, like me myself, eh, maybe not. But previously on Grona Geeks, you know, you know stuff like that because I just mess around with my voice from time to time on this uh, OBS stuff and. Literally, that's that's what came to mind. Since, since we're bullshit, I want to throw uh, an honorable mention out there to a voice actor, uh, but he's not your normal voice actor. So that I got to give credit where credit's due to Michael Winslow. Yeah, like the, the things that this man can do, like with you know, sound like I, Police Academy was where I start. I watched everything, and it's just like. This dude's amazing. And from there, he's just—he's still doing stuff now. But like, you wouldn't even need freaking all the the soundboards and stuff like that with him on set. Like, he would just do. He was the human sound effect. He's like the man of like ten thousand sounds or something like that. Like, uh, you know, and that actually—that's funny because that reminds me of the uh, Key and Pill episode, Bobby Winslow versus uh, uh, Bobby McFerrin versus Michael Winslow. <laughs> If you haven't seen that skit, that that one's hilarious. But yes, I I distinctly remember all of those sounds. He did one in Police Academy where he was like playing a video game by himself in his room, and he takes the you know like he drops the corner of the machine, has the starting music, it's the shots, you hear the death, the explosion, and it's just like so impressive. So yeah, definitely definitely one of those people. While we're off on tangent, would we like? to wrap this video up while it's still neat and tidy. 
You know what? I, I would be good with that. I think we've covered everything. I want to give a special thank you um, to both Lisa Hines and uh, I want to get Don the name a. right, Don. Donne. Donne. Um, oh, it does have the utility. My bad. Donne. And also, just another shout out, just one more time. Not your cup of tea designs. These lovely mugs come from Not Your Cup of Tea Designs. She has a large selection on her Etsy store. Be sure to check her out, visit her there, find something you like, and take it home today at Not Your Cup of Tea Designs. Um, I want to thank Brent for putting this video together. He has done a fantastic job. Make sure to go to our YouTube page, check out the Gag on These Balls podcast. Um, we've got another member, uh, another one of our admins, Tony, is the co-host on Gag on These Balls. So Brent and Tony, they run that show, and it is all sports. It is hilarious. They've got me a little bit more interested. And you know what's really funny? They have me really checking for their weekly picks so I can talk trash if they're wrong. And that is the part that it's I. It's not going to be a good week for you. We went thirteen and three out of sixteen games. Good luck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was I was quite impressed. Like even when um, we won't we won't bring that up. But there was a particular game. There was a um, there was a point somewhere that got missed. And so to close out, we're going <laughs> to there's will the bring fact it back that home. They both called it. That was the thing. The fact that they both called it and I'm watching this whole thing. I'm like, yeah, they wrong. They wrong. They were both right. What? Couldn't believe it. So this is what we do at Grona Geeks. We only provide the greatest content available. Check out the YouTube on the bottom right QR code. Check out the Facebook group in the bottom left. We're all inclusive. We're all in here for a good time. Make sure to subscribe to the YouTube so you can keep up with all the latest content. Gag on these balls has three new episodes on its way. And we have this video popping up here shortly, which I will be posting both to the Facebook and to the YouTube as well, just so everyone is aware. Any final now, thoughts, Will or Sam? If you on the YouTube page, you will be notified anytime a new video runs. We have a collection of videos already in place. We have our previous gag Zoom calls. We did a full coverage of the DC Fandome on the first episode of DC Fandome because they decided to extend it to a second. Um, we covered the first one. That was the big one because that was the one where all the announcements came. We kind of knew what was going to be in the second one, which is the only reason we didn't cover it. Um, in addition to our Zoom calls, we have a whole series of top fives. And it seems like we're going to have to do another top five or maybe we could just make a whole new category. We've got our top fives, and now we're going to have our Rushmore. That might be a whole new category. We can do some Rushmore videos where we, and these will probably be quick little jaunts we can throw out, you know, maybe 10, 15-minute videos. We get in there, we name our Rushmore for a particular category, and boom, there it is. Um, that would be top four, and we, we see just today we were able to get some and get some thrown out there. So when you go to the YouTube page, make sure you click the bell so you get the notification whenever our new videos load up. Um, that being said, I am Sam. I'm Brent. And this is Will. Thank you for checking out the video. We are out.